Hey everybody, Pastor Derek Fry here. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Uh, I have something I want to share with you. You know, the Bible says in Luke 12, 48, to whom much is given, much is required. That used to sort of freak me out because I thought, wow, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? And I remember when I was growing up, um, my parents, a teacher, maybe a coach or whatever, um, there would be these phrases they'd say, like, if I do this for you, then I'm going to have to do this for everyone. If I give you that, then I'm going to have to give everyone that. And I used to think to myself, you know, I just want a shirt or I just want a Coke or I just want a cookie. You don't have to do that for everyone, just me. And behind that phrase, and I know you know what I'm talking about, there's really like this fear. Like, I don't know if what I give you is fair. I don't know if what I give you will really make a difference. And in a sense, we're kind of controlling the situation. But really, there was a principle that changed my life years ago. Uh, Andy Stanley says, if you do for one what you could do for everyone, in essence, you can change the world. And so I want to encourage you that we have engaged in a relationship and a partnership with a mission organization called One Child Matters. For many years, we have pioneered a work in the Dominican Republic. And recently, rather than do that by ourselves, we've decided to join forces with an incredible mission organization that sponsors over 40,000 children around the world. Our heartbeat, though, is for the Dominican Republic. And right now, we have hundreds of children that are meeting in our very own mission. And I want to introduce them to you. For as low as $39 a month, you can establish a sponsor-to-child relationship with someone in the Dominican Republic. On December 4th, right here at Connect Community Church, we want to introduce you to a child. Maybe add a member to your family. I know I have four children, and if I knew for $39 a month I could have a child added to my family, I might have done things differently a long time ago. So I want to encourage you. This could be a life-changing opportunity for you to establish a relationship that makes an eternal difference. What you do in one child's life can literally change a generation. So would you join me in prayer over the next couple of weeks and be with me and others here on December 4th as we look to change the world. There's a child somewhere in the Dominican Republic praying that you would respond to this right now. God bless. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? I'm that guy that was right there. My name is Pastor Derek. I want to welcome you to Connect Community Church. I'd like to quickly welcome all our online viewers. Can you give them a big hand too? Welcome them to our service. Glad to have you with us. People from watching all over and even around the world, all the way to Pakistan. Isn't that crazy? So we're so grateful for that. Um, I hope you guys were able to kind of take that in a little bit. Uh, we've been leaking vision little by little and kind of decided today to get the cat out of the bag, you know, that they were making some incredible changes in what's happening uh, in the Dominican Republic and what we've been doing really for over 20 years. We're just kind of taking it to uh, another level to fulfill my father's vision, which is to really be able to uh, kind of reach a village, one, reach kind of the country of the Dominican Republic one village at a time, change the character of the country one village at a time. And in order to do that, we decided to establish a partnership to multiply our efforts and expand the kingdom of God. Amen? So I, I just ask you to pray about that in the coming weeks on December 4th. That'll be the big day where uh, we're going to introduce you to children. And we're going to have you have an opportunity to be able to uh, potentially be a part of a relationship uh, with a young person in the Dominican Republic and literally change their life with a very, very small sacrifice. We'll show you how you're going to make an incredible impact. And I think it's a great thing to do during the holiday season so that you can put your head 
to rest on Christmas Day and say, you know what? I was able to receive gifts, but I've been able to give gifts that have changed the world. Amen? Amen. You can get your worship guides out and you can follow along with us. Um, This is kind of a great note-taking message. Um, If you're following also on YouVersion, the worship guide's in there as well. It's a free Bible app called YouVersion. And you just tap live event and you'll see Connect Community Church right in there. And everything that you see in your handout is all in there electronically. You can even email it to yourself if you so desire. We've been in a series entitled The ABCs of Financial Freedom. How many of you have been here for most of that? Raise your hand if you've been here for most of that. Good. Some people coming back to church. Praise the Lord. That's nice. Um, You know, what usually happens when people talk about money in my profession is either that you have two extremes. You have people talk about it all the time and put people under pressure because they're under pressure or want something, or you have people in in my position never talk about it because they're afraid of being accused of talking about it all the time. That's funny. Anyway, uh, so we're trying to find that plumb line so that we're just being responsible. And so my, my job is to be a responsible pastor and talk about what the Bible happens to talk about a lot. And that is uh, our, our, the stewardship and the use of the financial resources that we have under kind of our management. And so uh, the first week we talked about in the ABCs, we talked about A standing for attitude and um, Really, this is kind of dealing with our mindset, our belief system, the way we think about money, the way we think about God and how he thinks about money. And one thing that came out of that, if you weren't here for that, it's just, it's just life-changing. It's just, just getting a vision for your finances. And, and a lot of people don't see kind of as God sees, and so they're not experiencing what God would have them experience. And so if you think that money is just a means to an end, that's going to affect the outcomes. If you think that uh, there's going to always be more bills at the end of the month than you have money, that's going to affect your outcome. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. But then it goes on to say in Proverbs, Proverbs 29 that where there is no vision, the people perish. It's talking about a kind of a revelation, actually a picture. God wants to give you a picture so that you can prosper, so that you can see favor in your life. And so that was kind of what week one was about. Week two is about B standing for bondage. It's talking about being servant to the lender being enslaved kind of uh, by the creditor. And and so that's what happens when we're in a borrowing situation. And a lot of us are in that situation. Consumer debt is in an all-time high. Uh, National debt's in an all-time high. We complain about the national debt, but our personal debt proportionally isn't much worse. And so we need to kind of get out a trajectory out of debt in order to see God you know, work in and through our lives. And in order to do that, we have to see some things right. And so there's laws... There are financial laws that will affect our finances, income, savings, earnings, investing, and things, and things like that. But there are also these higher laws, which I submit to you, supersede natural laws. The Bible says that the wisdom from above, you know, it, heavenly wisdom is of greater value. It says in Isaiah, his ways, his thoughts are higher than man's thoughts or ways. And so we talked about different laws that can literally change our life, you know, calling over compensation and contentment over consumerism and the like. Life-changing message. But last week, we, we kind of put our finger on kind of the mama jamma, as I like to say, like the big kahuna of what's going on right here in our heart. And there's this incredible connection between what's going on right here and what's going on right here. And I'm not talking about my butt. I'm talking about my wallet. <laughs> and so there's just like a string, in, in essence, connected between my wallet, your purse, and your heart. And God knows that. And so this particular message, C, stands for choice. The choice to trust God in our finances in order to put him first in our lives. Is everybody with me out there? 
You still with me? Yes or no? Okay. So, so I, it made me think of a tough, uh, kind of tough question. I don't know if you've ever done this. How many married people in the house? Married people? Okay. How many want to be married? Okay. All right. Turn to your right. Turn to your left. Let's see if we can make something happen. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> anyway. All right. That'll be the next series. Uh, <laughs> I like this church. <laughs> um, and when people great, you know, pray and hold hands, it's like it's every single's opportunity. Uh, to get a little closer. Um, come on, Pastor D, get back there. So if you ever, a married couple, you might have navigated this question, and you probably shouldn't have, but, but have you ever, ever heard people talk about, you know, if, if I die, would you remarry? Has anybody ever? Yeah, if you have done that and you're still here, you're special. Uh, but, but it's a dangerous question. And so, so I heard about a couple that did this, and, and, and the wife was asking the husband, you know, if, 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 I was to, if I was to die, would you remarry? Come on, honey, you can tell me the truth. And it's kind of a lose-lose situation because if you say no, then she'll be like, oh, what, you don't believe in marriage? You know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's a bad situation. But then if you say yes, then, then she's going to want to know, come on, ladies, you know it's true. She's gonna, well, you know, what does she look like? Do you already know who she is? You know, is she in our life right now? Is it her? Is it her? Is it her? I bet it's her. You know, and anyway, this couple, they, they somehow navigated this thing. They got through it. And so she starts going a little bit further and deeper, asking these tough questions. And she says, you know, well, would you let her sleep in our house? And he's like, he's like, well, yeah. Like in our bedroom? Yeah. Like in our bed? Well, yeah. She's like, okay, okay. And she's kind of hemming and hawing about it. Okay. She's like, she thought she'd get him on this. Would you let her drive your car? Well, yeah. And then she's like, oh, would you let her use your golf clubs? And she's like, he's like, well, no, because she's left-handed. <laughs> Good, you guys are paying attention. So, why is this important? Because, because, why is this important? Okay, because, <laughs> see, sometimes we're dropping spiritual bombs here at Connect. Like, there's things in, like, they're, they're hitting here, but they're not hitting here. You know why they're not dropping from your intellect into your affections, into your heart, into your trust, into change? It's because you have a left-handed friend still. There's still something or someone that you're not letting anybody know about. You're not, letting it, you're, not letting, you're not letting God be in the first position of your life. There's another affection there. There's another love there. There's another left-handed friend there. And I'm just telling you, God wants us to move from just, oh, okay, okay, intellectual assent about this to actually a heart change. He's always after your heart. Last week was such a... Um, connected part to this whole thing. So we basically told people, hey, listen, the evidence or kind of proof externally that something's trans transformational internally is that you gave God back what belongs to him in the tithe. Tithe meaning tenth. Ten is a, a symbolic number through the scriptures of testing. So God says, I'm testing you by saying, this belongs to me, give it back to me. But now, but now, but now, but now, I'm going to let you flip that on me and say, you can test me now. And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing. We talked about windows and, and doors and how to open those. And you need a key. And there's certain 
there's certain little teeth to that key that sometimes we got to file down at different times to make sure that when we don't judge and we don't condemn and we forgive. That way, when we give, it will be given unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen? So we talked about that last week. And many of you made the decision, the choice, to trust God with your finances. And we actually had these cards where I asked you, because of our culture, I don't put pressure on you. I don't ask you to do something. I just ask you to talk to God about it and do what he says. But so many times we give people an opportunity to respond to things in our spiritual maturity, maturation process. We tell people when they want to receive Christ, not to just kind of keep that to yourself, but at least tell somebody. Acknowledge it by raising your hand. We tell people, as we'll see tonight, that if you want to go public with your faith, it can't be in private. It has to be public. So we're getting water baptized. Many people will be baptized tonight, and they'll do that publicly. And so we acknowledge that. We make a commitment to do that. Many people have different things we do. But when it comes to our finances, sometimes we're like, oh, we got to keep that all quiet to ourselves. So as to not violate our culture, which says pray about it, talk to God about it, I said take these cards home with you and then come back next week. And this is what I want to do. If you forgot about that, and I suspect some of you have, and you're going, oh, boy, uh, I forgot about that. If you did, I just want to say there's a card right in front of you in your seat back. You can pull that out right now. There's a card just like this in the seat back right in front of you. I want to pray for you no matter what, okay? We're going to pray a prayer of blessing over your finances. Very rare that you get an opportunity for somebody to pray for your finances and see the blessing of God on your finances. Some of you, there's two groups, really, and some of you are in a group where you're already a tither. You already do that. And you're just renewing your commitment. I asked you to kind of draw a line in the sand, like renew that commitment. You already, you have no problem doing that because you've been blessed for doing that. It's almost always the case, if not always the case. Some of you have been praying about this. This is your opportunity to make that commitment, make that decision. At the end of the service today, I'm just asking you to put this in the connection card box at the back of the service. We're not going to take pass a plate or have everybody come down front and look what I did. No, we're not going to do that. I'm just asking you on your own personal honor to do that. But I, more importantly, I just want to take the opportunity to agree with you about what you prayed about. And so if you have these cards, I would just ask you to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray a blessing over you right now in the middle of the service. Would you just stand up, everybody? You can all get on this. You can all get on this, okay? And if you are married, maybe just hold the hand of your spouse if you're in a fight, get over it. Uh, if you're single, no, you can't hold their hand right now. This is between you and God. And if you just close your eyes, you can hold this card. And I just want to pray blessing over you and your finances. Father, in Jesus' name, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last few weeks. And, and uh, this is something that literally has changed my life, being a tither. I pray, Lord, for every person who took this seriously last week and really considered it. Talk to you, not just to you know, themselves, but first you, and then to themselves, and then maybe their spouse, if that's where it applies. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them to accept this challenge, Lord God, and, 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 and test God in this. It's one place where you say that we can do this. Test me now in this, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing they cannot contain. I pray, Lord, in accordance with your word in Malachi 3, that you would pour out blessing on my brothers and sisters. Uh, my spiritual family that are in this house. Lord, I want to see them blessed, God, so they can be a blessing. I want to see them blessed so they can be a blessing. Lord, your word says that you will rebuke the devourer for their sake. I rebuke the devourer for their sake, God, where the enemy would try to come in and put bags with holes in it on their finances to steal and kill and destroy from them, Lord, to take away that which is theirs to steward and theirs to manage. Lord, I pray that you guard everything that they have under their jurisdiction and leadership, Lord, their homes, 
their apartments, their condominiums, Father, their possessions and uh, their health and, and their jobs, Lord, that there would be job security, Lord, for them because uh, they have trusted in you and chosen to trust in you. I pray mighty, mighty blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. You may be seated. So you can just, you know what to do with those at the end of service. That was there for you. Many of you uh, already responded last week. I had like 50 cards on my desk from last week. And I want to say um, I'm so proud of you and prayed for many of you. And God bless you in your spiritual journey. But today, we're getting out of ABC. And I just couldn't call the message ABCDs because it sounded weird. But we, we are going to add one more letter today. And, and the letter D stands for the decision the decision to be generous, the decision to be generous. And decisions, according to Theodore Roosevelt, he said, you don't just make them because they're easy. You make them because they're right. Decisions, decisions are important. So this message is all about being generous. I think, in essence, Christianity is about generosity. For God so loved the world, he, he gave, right? And every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, from God to us. Everything that's good, every, he's a giving God. He gives it to us. And a lot of times when we look at this whole subject, we see generosity maybe through a particular windshield or lens. I actually think for the most part, when it comes to generosity, many of us love to be generous, but we're rather random, spontaneous, haphazard. That's a funny word. I never know how to say it exactly. Haphazard. Whatever. All right. But, but the point is sometimes we're haphazard about it. I'm just going to keep using it until I get it right. Because we go out and about and maybe we go to a Walmart and you see the uh, Salvation Army guy. Anybody ever seen the Salvation Army guy? Ding, da, da, ding, da, da, ding. Right? And so you respond to that. Nothing wrong with that. That's all good. There's a lot of impact that comes from that. They're actually more strategic than the person who's giving the money. Uh, trust me, it's very strategic from there. Um, sometimes we, uh, we might be in a connect group and we're sitting around and we hear about a particular need and people respond to that need. Somebody got laid off or somebody's having trouble getting groceries on the table. I love that. It's all awesome kind of stuff. And, and many of us, you know, we see uh, just a couple weeks ago I was in a grocery store line and uh, a lady in front of me, she was short. Uh, you know, not short. She was short, you know, the, the amount of money that she needed. Well, she was short. But anyway... <laughs> I had the opportunity to kind of be just Johnny on the spot. And so I remember just dropping a 20. It's okay. Take it. She's, well, you know, it's fun. It was, I love that kind of, it's amazing generosity. But I'm not talking about that kind of generosity today. Today I want to talk to you about strategic generosity. Here's your big idea that God encourages us to be strategically generous, strategically generous. And what precedes that giving or that generosity, again, is an understanding of the tithe. The tithe belongs to God. Le Leviticus 27.30 tells us that the, the tithe belongs to the Lord and is set apart as holy. So, so listen, just so you get the math on this a little bit. I want to see favor and blessing on your life. And so if you want to see the results that some people have, you got to do it God's way. You don't have to do it my way. you got to do it God's way. So I'm just saying to you that the, the tenth is his. The other 90 is where we actually do the giving. We do the giving. Let me, let me try to unpack it this way. Let's just say, uh, hypothetically, one of my daughters, I won't mention a name or anything like that. Let's just say she's short and blonde. And uh, <laughs> let's just say one of my daughters goes off to school years ago, and, and she, 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 she's, she's going to be far away, so I want to make sure she has, you know, like a, like a, like a debit card, something to be able to pay certain, certain things for, essentials, 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 
approved purchases, okay? And so there's a limit on that. There's a certain governor on that, right? And I got access to that, let's just say. And so she goes off, and first month she's doing great, and I'm looking online, and gas, you know, good. Sunk right in, you know, a few grocery items, good. A few, you know, household kind of things that you need. And then, and then the second month I go online and I see some different stuff. And uh, I see, you know, Chick-fil-A, you know, uh, no problem with that, Mike. But anyway, Chick-fil-A, uh, he's an owner in the, in the house. Uh, you see, like, Krispy Kreme, God's Donuts, but still, uh, a <laughs> couple little extra purchases, a couple little extra purchases. And, and so I call her up, and let's just, just say, I just call her up, hey, baby, uh, love, doll, angel. Uh, Dad noticed, you know, some unapproved purchases. They just want to, you know, if you can fill me in, she's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I took a couple people out to eat. I want to help a little person this. And I just want to, you know, I want to, you know, take somebody out for donuts and something like that. Don't worry. Before I can say anything, don't worry, Dad. They're going to pay me back. <laughs> and so then I say to this short blonde without a name, I say, but they're not paying me back. <laughs> so, baby, you got yourself. And I, I really admire your entrepreneurial spirit, but you got yourself a little, little thing going here. And she says, what if she says to me like something like this, like, well, Dad, you taught me to be generous. And I would say to her, with your own money. <laughs> now, with my money. So, so this is what I'm trying to get you to say with a little bit of humor, that the tithe, that's, that's God's money. And he's saying, so you can't be generous with the tithe. The tithe, according to Scripture, all over the place is what we return to God. It's set apart as holy. That's what it's there for. Anything above that is really where giving begins. And it's referred to, in Malachi's tithes, then offerings. Then offerings, okay? Now, there's a principle that describes how offerings work and what happens within offerings. And that term is called sowing and reaping. Turn to your neighbor and say, sow and reap. Now, the world calls this cause and effect. The world calls it cause and effect, or other uh, mixed up spiritualists will call it good karma, good karma. Now, I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to go off on this for a second. I put this in my notes after the fact, because I, so I, I might ruffle you up a little bit, but, but I, I got a problem with this term. Christians throw around a lot. Like, I believe in good karma. I believe in good karma. Listen, karma is, is a religious, a theological, or doctrinal concept from Buddhism and Hinduism, Okay? And it basically is this. You live a certain quality of life. You do certain things good. Then in the next life, you'll be blessed in that life when you are reincarnated. You live a lower standard of life. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not living as good. Then you're going to have to work that out in the next life. Bad karma comes to you, okay? Karma is not a Christian or biblical concept. It's just not. Hebrews chapter 9 talks about this. I think it's in verse 27. It just says that, that man is destined to die once, and then after that, the judgment, okay? So what does it mean by the judgment? It means there's going to be two judgments. One is you and Jesus, what's up with that? First judgment, critical. If you do good with that, you get to go to the second judgment. How did you do with the gifts, the resources, the abilities that I gave you? And you'll be rewarded for that proportionate to what you sowed. Is everybody tracking with me? You'll reap, okay? So, so here's two concepts from karma that are wrong. So we, 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 we die once, okay, and we live once. So in other words, your life matters, you, it's, a dress, it's not a dress rehearsal. It's the real show. You get one chance to make a difference. Sow in this life, you'll reap in this life, but you also can send things ahead to the next life. Not the next life here, 
but you live in eternity with God. You, 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 you pay forward into the future, into true riches. Is everybody tracking with me? So karma, that's not it. Um, cause and effect, that's not it. Sowing and reaping is what God talks about. So let me tell you, here's your first fact. Write this down. If we sow, this is a big note-taking section coming up. If we sow, we will what? We will reap. So it's conditional. Big, big small word there, if. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11 says, remember this because we forget whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided. There's that decision thing. Deciding to be generous in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. By the way, this is referring to offerings. For God loves a cheerful giver. That, the word in the Greek is like hilarious giving. It's like, hee-hee. It's like Michael Jackson. Hee-hee. It's like that kind of giving. It's like when you go to do it, you're like, it's a little fearful and a little cheerful. You know, I've written some checks before and given to certain things, and it was, it was a faith-filled offering. And when I did that, I was a little scared, but I was also excited. It's, that's, that's hilarious giving. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? It's kind of like, oh, I'm trusting you, God. Man, here we go. woo You know, hee-hee. I mean, it's just, that's how it is. Just think Michael Jackson when you give hilariously. Okay, that'll help everybody remember that. Awesome. So uh, it, it says this, and God is able when you do that to bless you abundantly so that, look at this, three different areas that he blesses us when we sow. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's pretty comprehensive, isn't it, when you sow? That's why it's so powerful to sow. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies, that's talking about God, seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply an increase. Everybody say increase. Does anybody need increase in the house? Yes. He'll increase your store of seed. When you see seed, I want you to think in monetary terms here. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. That means not just financially, but all aspects of life so that you can be generous on every occasion. So we give not to get, we give to give. And then he'll give us more so that we can give more. This is a prosperity message mishap in the, in the, in the world today is we're giving to get. No, we don't give to get. We are blessed to be a blessing, Genesis 12, 2. So you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, that's the people who are generous in sowing, your generosity will result in people going, praise God, that is awesome. In other words, your influence is proportionate. Your impact is proportionate to your sowing. Whew, this is one of those bombs I'm dropping, and nobody's ready for it. Okay. All right. So here's seven sowing principles. Write these down, okay? Number one. We must decide to intentionally share our resources. It, we have to decide to do that. I like being intentional in relationships. Uh, I, I believe that a lot of people are, are not being intentional in relationships. They, they, they're accidental, and as a result, they're having a lot of accidents. Like, we just let whatever happens, happens. But the people who are being successful in life are choosing their friends wisely, right? I believe most of you probably believe that. But the same is true in your finances. You need to be intentional with your financial resources, not just human resources. You need to be strategic with your financial resources. That's why as a church, we don't even pass a plate here at Connect. So if you're new here today, there's, there's no offering, no plate being passed. Because we don't want people to guilt give, tip God, reactive in their giving. We want people to come in predetermined 
already as a, as a, not as a business transaction, but as a sign of worship. I come bringing my tithes. I come with an offering. And as a result, there's strategy to that. It's intentionality to that. I believe God honors that. Does that, does that sound good to anybody out there? And so, and so 2 Corinthians 9 says, each of you should give what you've decided. Decided. You decide to be generous. Random charity is just when you, you give to something that just passes by. You know, the, the Salvation Army guy, you know, somebody, you know, you see with a particular need. You don't necessarily care about the cause, and you don't even know if it's effective. But strategic philanthropy is basically saying, I'm choosing, I'm being intentional in my giving. I'm sowing to this because I, I'm, I'm connected to the cause, and I believe it's effective. And in particular, I think Christians should give to things that have eternal implications. Amen. That's why we've organized our whole church. My wife and I have organized our personal finances. Not only do we steward the 90 on a budget, not only do we give the 10th to God for over 20 plus years, 24 years, but we take of that 90 because we've been blessed, a portion of that, and not just kind of throw it around to whatever comes our way. We strategically sow in certain things, like a mission in the Dominican Republic so we can change a child's life. We've been doing that for over a decade. Uh, other things that I could mention, but I don't want to give away necessarily all our rewards and strategies, but we've done the same thing as a church. For many years, our church, uh, you know, has been giving, and we do it to try to get the highest possible return in the kingdom of God, trying to build an ERA, an eternal retirement account, for those of you who tithe. So when you tithe, you need to know as a church, we do too. So we organize our finances to live on 90% of what we bring in. So there's always margin. The remaining 10%, we actually strategically give that away to not just anything and everything, but no, intentional relationships, like the ARC, for example, the Association of Related Churches. We give 2% of our total revenues to this organization. They have planted 600 churches that turn around and give 2% of their budget to missions as well, accruing to millions and millions of dollars. I'm taking the money you give as his under-shepherd, brokering that for the highest possible return so that when you get to heaven, there will be thousands and thousands of people that have been reached because of your seed. Did you get that? Did you get that? I hope you get that. I want you to know it's strategic. It's strategic. And one day you're going to shake people's hands and say, thank you, because you, when you gave to that and when you did that faithfully there, this is what happens because it's because of you. All right, here's the next thing. It's a law of nature. It's a law of nature. Pastor Mark, who's at Adore Church today, helping with the church plant launch with the team from Connect, praise the Lord, he, um, he knows animals really well. Uh, he's worked on farms, had farms and stuff like that, and he's like a Bear Grylls of Connect if you ever get around him very long, okay? Seriously. And Deej and I were in a staff meeting, and he's talking about cows and how they're like harvested and, 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 and the meat and, and how it all works. It was like crazy. And it reminded me when he was talking, I was like, it took me back to when I was a little boy, and we used to go to this restaurant as kids called the Hilltop Steakhouse. Has anybody ever been there? All right. It was famous, and it's kind of like, I don't even know if it's closed now, but it's, it's run down now. But we used to go and stand in line, literally, it felt like for hours waiting just to get a steak. But while you're there as a kid, what was sort of dramatic and maybe traumatic was the cows were there, <laughs> connected to the restaurant. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And so I can remember the kids that are like naming the cows. Oh, there's Bessie and there's Susie. And, and like an hour later, I'm like chomping on the steak. And I'm like, is this Bessie? Is this Susie? I feel really weird. 
And, and the point is, every farmer knows that when you sow, you know, to the development and feeding of a cow, that you can later eat it. You know what I mean? Every farmer knows that when you plant, you're going to be able to harvest that later. Every parent knows that when you, when you, t- you tell your kids, if you make good choices, you're going to have great rewards. If you make bad choices, there's going to be consequences. We know because it's a law of nature. Amen? Here's the next thing. Sowing and reaping is a spiritual law as well, though. Galatians 6 says, do not be deceived. In other words, don't let this one get by you. God can't be mocked. A man, he's going to reap what he sows. The New Living Translation says, don't be misled. Don't, it says, you cannot mock the justice of God. So God is basically saying, it's like in a court system, he's going to weigh in on the seed that you sowed. And you will always harvest what you plant, it says in the New Living Translation. So the Bible is clear. It's trustworthy. If you sow, you will reap. Here's the next thing. Number four, we reap in kind. Oh, I love this point. We reap in kind to what we sow. I didn't get this for many years until a few things started to happen. And my wife and I were talking about several of those. I'll just highlight one of those that we were talking about just last week. And um, it's so cool, but basically... Let me back up. I say one thing that Stacey and I love to do is we love to be generous in a specific way. We love to buy people dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever, basically food, because I love food, right? And so to keep that idolatry in check, <laughs> um, I always like to sow and pay for people's meals. In fact, if you're my friend, you've been with me anytime, it's probably an 80% chance I'm going to try to pay for that bill. I don't even flinch. I just love to do it. It's not a pride thing. I just love it. I just love Love, love to do that. It's a way I can bless people. It just comes, you know, just I'm comfortable with it, and I just love seeing what happens in people's faces. My grandmother used to make food for me, and she'd sit and watch me eat, and that was her joy. She'd make it, I eat it. I'm like, this is a good relationship. And I love to watch people's face when they get, the, they get blessed, and they don't have to pay for the meal. Like, all of a sudden, the check's paid, and they're, oh, it's awesome. So what's so interesting about this, my wife you know, she was in the back uh, recently in the bedroom, and she, Stacy calls me from the bedroom uh, to the back, and she says, honey, I want to show you something. I, naturally, I ran because she's calling me in the bedroom. And uh, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> um, she's like, no, no, it's not that. I'm like, ah. Oh. She's like, I want to show you something else. I'm like, okay. So, so sorry about this. Sorry about this. This is how we roll here. So, so. It's going to be about money eventually. It's going to be about money. Come back. Come back. So she's in the back, and she's flipping through what looked like credit cards. She's like rolling through these credit cards. I'm like, honey, what is it? She goes, do you realize, honey, I, do you realize that since like the beginning of the year, people have given us like one, over $1,000 in gift cards to restaurants? And I was like, are you serious? She goes, yeah, we got to use these. There's so many. And then we're like, well, maybe we won't use them all. You know, maybe we'll give them away. She's like, we can't re-gift these, you know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have to eat out all the time. But it's because God returns to you what you sow in kind, in kind. Isn't that cool? All right, here's the next one. Galatians 6, 8, by the way, talks about that. Number five, we reap proportionate to what we sow. We reap proportionate to what we sow. I hope you guys come to believe this, but 2 Corinthians 9 says, whoever sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously reaps generously. Every farmer knows this. I love going to uh, Western nurseries and and seeing all the trees in rows, and and some are like in this developmental phase. They all know that if they're going to see a harvest, they're going to have to sow not only in rows. We don't scatter seed. We sow in rows. That means strategic. 
all right? Uh, but they also know they're going to get a tremendous harvest proportionate to how many seeds they planted in the ground. So if you're stingy with your seed, God's going to be stingy with your harvest. It's just a principle. It's axiomatic. You can't have one side work well for you and the other side not be a part of that, all right? So I would just say to you, what if this is true? What if that's true? What if he sowed strategically? What if he does reward proportionate? How are you doing in sowing seed? Are you sowing? Do you have any seed in the ground? Number six, this is cool. We always reap more than we sow. We always reap more than we sow. Every seed has more than one tree in it. It just does. Every farmer knows this. Uh, there's a study, you know, it's simple, simply put on watermelons. Watermelon, every watermelon has on average 350 seeds inside of that. So you plant one seed, one watermelon comes out, 350 seeds from that water. Multiply that times 350, it's like 122,500. I looked that up already, so just so you know. <laughs> okay, so it's a lot. Is everybody getting this? You always get more back than you sow. The power and the potential is in the seed you sow. The power and the potential. It's the same. It's really in your, it's in your power to see the harvest. You hold the seed. You hold the potential by deciding what you do with that. Number seven. This is a point we don't like, but it's very true. There's always a distance between the sowing season and the reaping season. <laughs> yeah. The Bible says this, uh, it's going to come up on the screen, it wasn't in your notes, Galatians 6, 9 says, let's not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I think the only one who knows the proper time is God. He knows the right time. I don't know the right time. He knows the right time. He knows the proper time. But hang on. And while you're in that wait, a lot of good stuff is happening. If you are surrendered to the principle between the sowing and reaping, there's a lot happening in your character. There's a lot happening in your confidence that's being put in God and not what you did as some kind of formula to secure X, Y, Z. And, if, oh, this is a little racket I can work out with God. No, he's, he's perfecting and proving and pruning you in the process. See, he's getting you out of the instant gratification into true transformation. He's trying to do something inside you. We live in a Pop-Tart Hot Pocket culture. Hot Pockets. I mean, we just want to put it in a microwave, six seconds, sustain me with food, you know? And God's not like that sometimes because he wants to do something that will sustain you, not instantly, but forever and always. Can I have an amen? Here's fact number two. I love this fact. Is everybody enjoying this? Okay. All right, the, the power, again, is in the seed. That's fact number two. So if we sow, we reap. Number two, the power is in the seed. Human beings struggle with this. We think the power is in the harvest. Once I get it, then I'll give it. No, God's saying give it out in order to get it back, okay? The power is not in the harvest. The power is in the seed. When you give it out, it's not that you get it back. It's that you multiply it. That's how I should have said it. When you give it out, that's when it's multiplied. But a lot of times we see it wrong. And so when we sow seeds strategically, especially in the kingdom of God, it multiplies. Let me just say something I didn't say in the first service. I believe this with all my heart, and you can think whatever you want to think about it. But I think the, the church of Jesus Christ is the best investment on the planet Earth. So when you, when you invest in something that does kingdom work, it secures everything else for you. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. What can you do first to put kingdom before everything else that makes everything else secure? You can sow. 
You can sow to that. But most people, and this is the problem, write this down. Most of us eat the seed instead of plant the seed. We're so busy consuming the seed and eating our seed, using it to pay dumb debt, buying things we don't need to impress people that don't even really care about us. That's what we're doing most of the time with our seed instead of being generous, which is where the power is, which is where the power. I've got, the, I've got a song. I've got the power going through my head right now. It's getting, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. Okay. It's out. It's out. It's out. All right. That's what I got to do. All right. So when we, when we sow seed away from us, by the way, this is a key factor too. You sow seed away from you instead of hold on to it into good soil, into good soil. My father used to always say, good seed unto good soil produces a good harvest. So you do have a job with the seed that you, the good seed that you have. You have a job to determine, is this good soil? Is Connect Community Church good soil? Is what we're getting ready to do this weekend good soil? Is giving to the mission in the Dominican? That's your job. Good seed, good soil. If it is, you will get a good harvest. That's another part of being strategic is identifying and evaluating, is it good soil? Because the Bible talks about good soil, and when you're in good soil, it will grow. Mark chapter 4 talks about that. Amen? So God's word says that. He'll bless that. He gives seed to the sower. you got to sow in order to see more seed come into your life. A lot of times it doesn't say God gives seed to people who eat the seed. It says he gives seed to the sower. So people who have seed are sowing. You know, I hold on to my seed, ask God for more seed. No, God says... Put seed in the ground, you're going to get more seed to be able to give more back into the ground. And people who are willing to, to part with that seed, they get blessed. And the American culture sometimes gets this wrong. 2 Corinthians 9 tells us he provides seed to the sower. And I know, as a side, I know that in my, my profession, professional Christians, pastors, priests, whatever, have abused this topic unbelievably. I get it. I wish I could, all I can say is I'm sorry. And try to make course corrections. That's all I can say. I know some people have got up there and said, if you give $1,000 right now, God's going to give you a Land Rover. I actually heard that before on TV. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, some people said, if you give $1,000, I'm going to send you this prayer cloth and it will be total healing and there will be no sickness in your, in your family. Like sometimes it's just excessive. A, a kind of a test whether the prosperity message is accurate or inaccurate, appropriate or inappropriate, is, is, the, is there personal gain or is there kingdom or community or world change? In other words, the tithe is supposed to take care of the storehouse. But offerings are supposed to take care of everything else, everybody else, what's ever happening out there. Is everybody tracking with me? And so sometimes if you see that twist, it's because that's where the abuse is coming from. But don't throw the principle of sowing and reaping out because of the distortion of man. It works. It works. I've had the privilege to be under the influence of some really generous people. And because of that, it's been life-changing. My father in particular, extremely generous man. Uh, one of my, two of my overseers, and, and one, of, one of them being my pastor, but Pastor Jonathan Del Turco and Pastor Chris Hodges. Uh, I, I got to see my dad be generous like for my whole life, like he, I've always seen him, a tither, somebody who brought offerings, and then even above that, some really radical stuff in my life. Pastor Jonathan, just to highlight him, he's, he's somebody I talk to at least two or three times a week. One thing I love to do is be around these men who are generous, and uh, I get to watch him, and he's usually wearing some kind of a cool coat of some sort, and if you're around Jonathan for very long, if you pull the zipper down and you pull back right here, he usually has an envelope right here, and he's always, he's always has somebody that he's identified to sow seed into. 
And so I'll watch him. I'll stalk him. He'll be talking to somebody. He's got his hand on their shoulder, and he's talking kindly to them, and he's speaking life over them. He's calling greatness out of them. And then at the end, I'll always see him pulls this thing out. He goes, I just want to bless you. God's, we believe in you, blah, blah, blah. And I see, I've watched that. I've watched that so many times. It impacts me. You see, it's so, and then I, but then I know him because I see how he's blessed, and I see how his ministry is thriving and how it's blessed. I've been around Pastor Chris Hodges and had the privilege to, to be uh, under the oversight and, and friendship of perhaps one of the greatest pastors, I think, in the world today. He pastors the second largest church in America today, a world-changing church, Church of the Highlands. And, 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 and the wisdom in finance is one of the biggest values they have is being generous. And I've just seen them give and give and give strategically over and over again. And you know what? You're impacted by that because you're under a ministry that's under good leadership in the area of generosity where there's not abuse, there's not excess, but there is extravagant and extreme generosity while at the same time being conservative and fiercely protecting and stewarding the finances that we're called to finance. Amen. But they've had these core beliefs, and I want to share these with you quickly. Three driving beliefs of my mentors. Number one, they believe God is their source. God is their source. I've told this story before, but I can remember my girls, in particular my three daughters, uh, when they were younger. We lived down the street here. They love church. They still love church. They still come to church. They still serve in church. They love Jesus. But, but back then, it was like church every day. That's how they played. They played church at home. Like, Daddy, we're going to go to church. I'm like, well, no, we're going to stay home. That's okay. We're going to have church in our room. And so they'd have church in their room, and Morgan would be the children's director, and Madison would be the worship leader, and Mallory was always the pastor because she wanted to be in charge. And, and she'd be, like, telling them what to preach and stuff. And so they'd be pray, praying and singing. And I remember they'd sing this song. They'd always sing this song. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came. And then it'd get to the certain point and say, you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My dad will pay. <laughs> That's not the words. It's my dad he'll pay, okay? And, and I remember walking away going, they're so secure and so confident and so aware as their source that everything is taken care of. There is always going to be Fruit Loops on the table in the morning. There's always going to be a warm bathtub. There's always going to be a blankie and, and electricity. They don't Because my dad's going to pay. And we need to have the same confidence as his children that God is our source. And these men who have been so generous and blessed so many people realize that God is their source. And you need to realize that God is your source. Your job is not your source. This ministry is not my source. The paycheck that I get every week is not my source. My ideas and my hard work, it is he who gave us the power to get wealth according to the scriptures. He is my source. Come on, say that. He is my source. Amen. Amen. You get the point? Number two, this is what they did too. They sowed in advance. They sowed in advance of the harvest that they would seek. The temptation, again, for us is to hold on to the seed, hold on to it. But if you need, and I've told couples this for years it, that are struggling in their marriages, and typically one of the top struggles in a marriage is finances. Um, number one, actually, it's the number one statistical issue. And so I'll say to them, once we start unpacking what's wrong, do you need God's intervention in your life? Or I'll rewrite that. I'll say, do you need supernatural intervention to get you out of this mess? And they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'll say to them, then you need to invite God in. Do you want to invite God into your finances? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Then I'll say, then you need to sow. Oh. 
It changes. See, so sowing is a key. And so if you see something that you need in the future in the horizon to get you out of a situation, or you're believing God for something more to do something even greater in your life, sow in advance of the harvest that you expect. My dad, he taught me to give in difficulties. Give. My dad increased his giving when tough times came. I remember, I'm going to go all the way back. I remember in the 70s, there was a gas crisis, and there, there was major issues, lines. We weren't sure we were going to have any gas, and he gave more during that time. We hit a recession, increased giving. As a ministry, we would do the same thing. It, it, it affected me, but it works. It works, and we do, that as a, we do that as a family. We do that to this day. The big test sometimes is when you face these tests, are you going to hold the seed or are you going to release the seed? Number three, here's what they also did. When they, when they seed in advance of their harvest, they would look to God for that harvest. They would look to God for their harvest. In other words, a farmer doesn't put seed in the ground and say, oh, I hope it works. You know, I hope, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, just quesera, sera. No, they expect, and this is the part that sometimes gets mixture of carnality in it, but they expect that the amount of seed that they put in the ground will produce the amount of harvest. They believe in it, and sometimes they call it out with expectation. You just need to know there's power in the seed, and I hope the light bulb's going off for many of you in this room, but I can remember in this church, I'll just say what people who are here today have done historically, came out of sowing seed. It came out of sowing seed. Many, many years ago when we started our mission that I mentioned just a little while ago, it, it came out of an offering in this church. It was much smaller than, than it is today. And we raised $130,000 above our tithes to buy a home in the Dominican Republic that now has had people from all over the country many, many times over. And really soon, they're going to be all over the world because of seed. Thousands of lives will be will be touched by that. I can remember years ago, we started a mission, of course, in the Dominican Republic school, students, uh, hundreds of students have been affected uh, over the years. I remember um, years ago when we, oh man, there's a long story for this one, I can't do this, but, but, we, but I'll tell you one where we planted a church out of this church, a much smaller church. There's a couple of leaders that are in this church that, that were there, remember that, but a couple hundred people, and we raised $86,000 in one service to plant Lifesong Church that's now in Sutton, Massachusetts, reaching over a 1,000 people on a regular basis. And thousands of lives have been changed over an 11-year period because of a seed that was sown from people in this room. I can remember just a few years ago, we had a, we had a capital campaign, but we took a one-time offering in this church to renovate this church. And since then, we've nearly doubled. I think actually we probably have doubled since then if I looked at the numbers. And we've reached tons and tons of people and many, many decisions for Christ, like averaging about 400 decisions for Christ every year since 2012. And it, it was because we sowed seed to make room for the harvest. And we raised $279,000 above tithes and offerings in one service, one service. I'll never forget that as long as I live. But all of those people are blessed. All of those people are blessed. And many lives have been changed. And thousands of children and students and families through this ministry because of seed. I want you to know the powers in the seed for you and for the kingdom of God. And so some of you, the decision is to get out of, get out of debt. For some of you, it's to transfer your trust and choose to be a tither. Others, it's decide uh, to be generous. And so sometimes I think we fail as a church to give you that opportunity. And, 
And, and I want to give you that opportunity today, as I told you I would. There's a blue envelope that you guys received today. And I want you to know something. I won't ask you to do something that my wife and I do participate in. I'm going to flip that around so you don't see the amount on the camera. But um, I'm, I'm going to be giving to this turkey outreach. And, and uh, I encourage you to sow seed. Don't feel like you have to if you didn't pray about it, you didn't know about it. Hey, pressure's off on that. But this is an incredible opportunity to make big changes in our community. And so I'm just going to ask that you just join me as we pray. And, and, and if you have an offering, I'm going to encourage you to give that today. If you don't have and you want it to, you can go online. You can do that online or you can fill out an envelope. Even an IOU will front the money. We, we know you're good for it and we're good for it as well. Would you join me as we pray for our, our turkey giveaway this weekend? We're believing God to reach hundreds and hundreds of people this coming weekend. Amen? You guys with me? All right, join Father in Jesus' name. Once again... We're here believing God, not only to prosper us, but to bless those around us. This community, Ashland, we love, and the people here in, this, in, the, in the adjacent towns, Lord God, they come every year, like from the north, the south, east, and the west. I remember when nobody showed up. Now we have a line waiting for us when we start. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that we can be a blessing to this community. Use this seed to reach souls. There are people in this church right now who are leading, who came to our outreach because of what you did through this turkey giveaway. It seems so simple. You could take something so simple to open up the hearts and minds of men but I, and women. I pray that you use this offering in Jesus' name. Bless every sower that sows in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can stay on your feet. I want to pray for you as we conclude today. You might be here today and uh, you need to make a connection at a deeper level, even than what we've talked about thus far. And I'll just say this. Um, I was in school years ago. I remember being in elementary school. I had a friend, and his mom was the, uh, she worked in the cafeteria. She served the food. And I didn't know that. I remember going through the line with my friend Dale, and his mom, he said, hi, mom. And the, she said, hi, son. And then all of a sudden, she stacked him up with some extra instant potatoes and fish sticks. How many know you can't get enough of those? And then, you know, an extra cafeteria roll. And I'm like, man, you haven't lived until you've had an extra cafeteria roll. And I thought, you know what? Dale's my friend, and I'm going to start calling her mom, see what happens. And so I said, oh, mom, can you hook a brother up? Can you hook a son up? And she says, oh, I got, I got extra for you too, honey, a couple extra fish sticks, some extra cafeteria, instant potatoes, and threw on an extra roll. I remember going away thinking, you know what? Uh, this relationship has worked out pretty good for me. I know the son, I know the son, and because I know the son, I got hooked up. And so I just want to make a connection for you. Would you close your eyes and just bow your heads? You want to be blessed. You want to have the favor of God on your life. You want to feel that security that you need. You need a relationship with the son like I had with Dale. It can change everything for you. If you don't know the son of God, if you've never given him your heart, maybe you fell away from God and you want to come back to him today, God can use a service on generosity to show you how great is the Father's love for us, that He's lavished on us, that He sent His one and only Son into the world for you to be in relationship with you. If you want that relationship today, I want to ask you to say yes to God right now by raising your hand and saying, that's me. Would you raise your hand and say, yes, I want to have that relationship. God bless you. God bless you. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes, yes. Anybody else I'm missing? Thank you. Thank you all the way at the back, the front. I see you too. That's awesome. Yes, another one. Thank you. That's awesome. If you listen online, you can respond too. There's no distance in prayer. Church, would you say this with me? And those that raise your hand especially, you say this with your mouth, but you believe it in your heart. Say, Jesus, I want to have a relationship with you. The Son of God who took away 
the sins of the world, which include me. I invite you into my life today. I want to establish a real and genuine relationship with God. Not some religion, not some formalism, but the real thing. Today I believe, in accordance with your word, because of what I believe and what I said, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And all the angels rejoice, and we as a church rejoice with you. And all the church, come on, let's just give the Lord a big hand clap for all those people who made that decision. Come on, Dale. Thank you very much, everybody. That's awesome.